What's up, everybody? It is Western Conference episode number three. But this one's actually like a homecoming show because we got my brother, DJ Friends and AK Frandelay Bay in the building. What's up, brother? How you doing, bro? And we were just talking about this. There's a, a thousand monikers. Mm-hmm. Frandelay Bay, Franny Pacquiao. Tell us about those. Fran Zanatra. Yeah, Fran Zanatra. Franny Vegas Jr. <laughs> Carlos Frantana. Oh, I mean, see? I have the most AKAs in the world, and I'll, I'll go to bat for that right now. And even through like to, through Twitch, we'll talk about that more, but uh-huh. you got people from Fran Bernardino. You could yeah. even Fran Diego. Fran Coover. Yeah. <laughs> Fran Antonio, Texas. For those who don't know, man, you know, me and Franny could talk because we're brothers. We came from the Bay Area, but not only a Las Vegas legend now, it's a San Francisco Bay Area thing. If you don't, haven't heard of DJ Franzen from the Bay, then you probably wasn't relevant in the music game that we've been doing. Because you've been doing this for many moons, right, Franny? Since 1990. Yeah. Woof. Since 1990. And that's when you started yeah. with KML. Yeah, yeah. I just hit a teenager, too. Like, yeah. I just hit 13, going on 14. And, man, it's. it's you Wait, know, so instead I'm of playing here. sports, you was in the radio game at 13, 14. Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, Freshman in high school, yeah, I was already an intern at one of the biggest, if not the biggest, radio station in the United States. And they didn't have to know that because I don't think they know the severity in San Francisco. KML was it. Well, not just not just in San Francisco. Yeah, in the United States, you know, yeah. we had we had radio stations in New York like Hot ninety seven. You know, following our lead, you got to understand KML was the first radio station in the United States, in the nation, to start a, a summer jam. Yeah. And the summer jams, now you see it in New York. Everywhere. You see them in L.A., everywhere. Everywhere. Summer jam. Man, when you take it back, we take it back to summer jam because the summer jams, Shoreline Amphitheater, Yes, we've had many, like, notorious B.I.G. We had people come through those things. Man, I remember seeing MC Hammer when he had 50 people on stage. <laughs> Too Short was the very first... Rapper I've ever seen play yeah. with a band live. That was 1991. See, and that's um, one thing you know about Franny. You're really good with years. Like, you know your timelines. Well, I'm the worst. The thing is, you know, music, I've always said it, music is the timeline to our life. Yeah. And you might not remember the exact year, but if you remember the songs that was really popping and, and, and you know, were on the charts. It takes you to that year. It, music is the timeline to our life. Because I watch you when we we on Twitch. With, like, again, we'll talk about Twitch again. But you know the exact 2000 era, the 1990s era, the yes. 80s, 70s. And that's how you kind of like go by saying, look, that song was hot at this time. Yes, definitely. See, but being a Bay Area legend as you are, what was the whole focus as saying, okay, you're doing everything with KML, the summer jams and all that. What changed for you to say, okay, it's time to go move to Vegas? Well... You know, after being on the radio, after being at uh, on KML for 10, 11 years, yeah. um, you know, there was a lot of politics going on. And in 2001, when I made my move to Vegas, there was an opportunity out here to become a DJ on the very first hip-hop and R&B radio station. In Vegas. Yes, which is uh, Hot 97.5. Um, and myself and a DJ by the name of Mike P, who's actually still on that station, were the very first DJs. Yeah. And, you know, that, I mean, from, you know, from there, the rest is history. Like, but that transition, when we were talking about politics, was there something that was KML changing the programming? Was KML just saying, okay, we're going to go in a different direction? I think um, what happened was the people who were running Wild 94.9, which is the, you know, uh, competing station, yeah. till this day, um, 
their program director took over KML. Got it. That was Michael. That was Michael Martin. Yeah. Exactly. And um, so, you know, a lot, a lot of things, uh, uh, a lot of DJs didn't see eye to eye with him. Yeah. Because you got to think this is the guy we've been going against for the last five, six years. Because he just came and brought that whole culture from Wild 94.9, which if you knew the Bay Area, it was different. Like Wild 94.9 was more poppy. Yeah. Hip hop was more with KML. That was kind of like the, you could hear a, a San Francisco artist on right. KML. You couldn't hear that on Wild 94. Not just that. You know, we, we also had, you know, R&B shows. We, we threw the uh, House of Soul. House concerts. of Soul. You know, we threw, um, you know, just a lot of stuff that, you know, had to relate with, with hip hop and R&B. Yeah. So, you know, that was our that was our whole swag, our and whole stilo. And did Michael try to bring that aspect of Wild 94.9 into that realm of R&B and hip-hop? Or he kind of kept Wild as Wild? I think what he did was he wanted to bring some of his players yeah. over to KML. So it was like Bloods and Crips at that point. <laughs> you guys are like, you know, KML, you guys already had your family. Well, I mean, you know, it was real radio wars going down in, yeah. in, the, you know, in the late 90s. Yeah, absolutely. KML and, and Wild. You know that. You were there. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Because that's where it goes back to with me and Franny. Like, Franny was doing the radio, and, you know, we were just saying, you know, you guys were at the hottest clubs at the time. Uh, people were, yeah. and, But they don't do clubs back then how they do now. We'll get into that as well with you transitioning over to Dre's. But like you said, it was real. The line was there. It was a thin line between you being on that side of the spectrum yes. with Wild 94.9 and then the KML family. Right. Like, you had the greats like Chewy Gomez, Rick Chase, and all yes. these people that were personalities. Exactly. Back day. But now you were just saying, okay, it's time to transition with an opportunity. How old were you when you had the opportunity for Vegas? Um, I was 24 going on 25. Got it. And the crazy thing about that, before I moved to Vegas, I actually worked with Snoop on his. Um, That's right. He had a syndicated radio, uh, radio show that was on 25 to 30 stations across, across the nation um, called Snoop Dogg Radio. Yeah. And I basically got paid to um, fly out to his spot. In, in L.A. In L.A. Yep. In Claremont, uh, right next to Chino. Yep. And uh, I basically got paid to smoke weed and talk shit. See, and that's what it was, too, <laughs> because back then, it was kind of taboo for weed and radio back then. Oh. Because when you had yeah. your show, you you, you and uh, Trace yeah. was doing a show, and you guys were like the weed guys. We were. We, you know, it would be all be subliminal, too. Yeah. And that was a good thing, you know, Highway 420. We're stuck in traffic yeah. on Highway 420, a lot of the subliminals, but... A lot of our listeners, our core listeners that supported us, they knew exactly what we were oh, talking yeah. about. They knew what y'all was talking about. And it got to the point, you were there. Yeah. It got to the point where our listeners started coming to the radio station after we got off because they already knew what was going to happen. Yeah. We would have sessions downstairs. Smoke out session and yes. everyone was ready to go. Yes. Did that have a small part to do with your exit from Cameo with the Weezer? Because it wasn't think, accepted like how it was today. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, I think it, you know, maybe a... A tad bit, yeah. but who knows? You know what I mean. Who knows what corporate was talking about? Yeah, because you got to understand. We also had Cypress Hill on Sundays on the Up All Night show with myself and Trace. Ooh man, Up All Night, that's some legendary shit right there. We had Soul Assassins Radio, right? Yeah. Be Real, Cypress Hill. Um, they were hosting a show, and we had that whole radio station smoked out. Yeah. <laughs> and was there rules and regulations that you guys couldn't smoke in the studio? Of course. Yeah. But, you know, we broke those rules. And this is before Clear Channel as well, too, right? Yes, exactly. So you see what the transition was between you and coming to Vegas, still being in this we scene. But you had relationships with artists that you were already building when you were a young kid at KML, right? 
And that carried over for you being in Vegas. Most definitely. Like, I still talk to Be Real from Cypress yeah. Hill. That's my guy right there. Because it's crazy to see Franny, like, a lot of these artists we see, like, Be Real, Drake, and Rick Ross, and all these people have these kind of, like, casual conversations with Franny, and you have all the rest of the people fangirling. You know what I mean? But that's because it comes from your lineage of what you used to do with these artists. Most definitely. You know, it's it's the relationship that we've created, you know, over the years, and there's also a bond there, too. Yeah. You know, it's not just, oh, he's, you know, he's the hottest rapper. He's the hottest artist right now. Well, because you, you were with these artists when they weren't hot. Yeah. Like, you you broke a lot of these artists' records when they weren't doing what they're doing now. So, of course, they owe that to you. Like, man, without Franny, I wasn't going to have my name played, my, my song played on the radio. Pretty much, you know. And I, I think nowadays, you know, a lot of DJs don't get credit. Yeah. You know, a lot of people who break the music and play the music don't get enough credit and that's why we do shows like this to give you that credit like what are some of the records that you broke that are still relevant today that went platinum and then Golly. come on because you have a lot of there's plaques just, at the house there's so much there's just i mean what's every, one in particular say you know what i actually had something to do with that juicy by biggie it's come on man juicy, juicy by, by biggie, biggie um jay-z uh you know some of jay-z's first records yes yeah. i mean r&b jodeci records Oof. you know the men conditions. I was a teenager, yeah. You know, sending out dedications to couples out there <laughs> didn't even know what love was. Exactly, because they didn't know what love was, and Joe to see on the radio at that time was unheard of. Unheard of. Because they was singing about you know getting freaky at the club, exactly. getting taking them to the crib. But exactly, come on, it got to feel good to kind of see those records do what they do now in the history of music. Most definitely, like uh, for for example, you know the come and talk to me remix. Yeah. I remember. You know, having that on vinyl, I remember, man, that's that's sampling uh, EPMDs. You're a customer. Oof. And they wasn't ready for that one. And to play it 30 years later and people still react to it is is special. Oh, see, you guys you don't know, know that. what kind of history that's in the room right now with Franny because you're still doing it to this day. You're still doing what you love. But yeah. coming from I mean, coming from the Bay Area, what was the hardest transition from transitioning from the Bay Area radio? to Las Vegas and be accepted by, like, the Las Vegas locals? Um, just knowing that Vegas is uh, a town where you have so many people from different, not just different parts of the United States, different parts of the world, Yeah, you know, who come and live here. And, and, and how are they going to accept, you know, hip-hop and R&B? on a commercial scale. Because at that time, did you know what was hot in Vegas when you came out here? What was, was hip-hop as big as it is now when you got here? I don't think it was as big. Yeah. Well, you know, hip-hop is the number one genre now. Yeah. So it definitely wasn't as big. Like when you came out here, where was EDM on the, on the totem pole? EDM wasn't even around yet when I, when I got to Vegas. Yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. You've been through a whole like thing of EDM coming over and taking over Vegas uh -huh. when you were in this realm of hip hop and R and B. Like, I mean, we go back to the no EDM hats and stuff yeah. like that, where people we we love R and B and hip hop. Right. And when you come to a city like Las Vegas, you can get lost in the shuffle where there's big wigs saying, "Oh, you got to play EDM." And that's why I came up with that hashtag no EDM because, mm -hmm. you know, at the time a lot of people don't notice, but I was banned. From DJing on the Las Vegas Strip, yes, for like a good four or five years. Tell them about that too, because we're not talking about banned from one club. We're talking about from the Las Vegas Strip. There was like Franny cannot be on the Las Vegas Strip because he plays hip hop. Yeah, because I play hip hop and R and B. Um, you know, there was just a time where a lot of these clubs didn't want 
urban music in the yeah. club. They just wanted EDM, you know, and EDM was taking over the scene. You had all these clubs popping up. And I remember going into a meeting, I'm not going to say with who yeah, or which which venue, but it was one of the biggest venues at the time. At the time? At the time. And I remember... We don't um, want to air them out right now because if we did, we might we might lead them later on. <laughs> <laughs> if you see me in person, I'll tell you in person. Yeah. But I'm not going to air them out like that. Um, it was a, like I said, it was a club and a, a big wig, a yeah. general manager who was running um, one of the biggest clubs out here. He was like, I want to get you on, but I need you to play EDM. I was yeah. like, I don't play EDM. I don't have none of that shit in my In your laptop in or my in, laptop. Your, in your collection. And the thing is, I can't vibe to it. Yeah. So I feel that I'm not going to go up there and fake it. The, see, speak on that. The importance of even nowadays that if if uh, if someone comes and says, oh, can you play EDM? There's a lot of DJs now that be like, they'll go search a whole EDM library, but there's some very few that stick to their their guns and say, you know what, I only really play hip-hop and R&B and I probably wouldn't be the person that you're looking for. Because I found myself in that where they say, oh, you can play EDM? And I'm like, nah, I can't. They're like, oh, well, you can find some. It's like, yeah, but you got a vibe to it. It's all about a vibe, right? Yeah. To me, that I mean, yeah, to me, it's not... When when I think about that, I, I think about the term, all money isn't good money. Absolutely. You know, say it again, I, Franny. I can't, I can't say it vibe again. To, All money isn't good money. <laughs> <laughs> and some of you... Up and coming DJs, they don't live by that creed because I mean we're a little bit more comfortable, we're a little bit older now. But I see DJs younger that just take any gig just to have the gig or just to be on the bill. You know what I mean? Oh, they're doing that concert. Let me be on the bill. What, 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 how much are you going to charge? I'll do it for free. Right. And that kind of messes it up for people that's been in the game, and it messes up the scale of pay for DJs to say when you ask for it, like you're asking for this, I can get this kid for free. You know, I don't blame them too because we come. We come from a different generation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the, the generation that's going on now is, I call it the uh, the social media era. Yes. And a lot of people just want recognition. Yeah. They want that look. They want that like. Yeah, they want that like. <laughs> <laughs> they want that follow. Exactly. And, you know, I'm not from that generation. Yeah. You know, I got to keep it all the way organic. But speak of, talk about the generation. We're talking about, talk about the clubs that you first started to DJ in Vegas that you made your own. I'm talking about remember Caesar's days and yeah, you know poetry and all that. Well, it even goes further back. Yeah. Um, Let them know. When I first got here, there was a club on Tropicana between Maryland and Eastern called Glow at the Hop. Yeah. I remember Floyd, Floyd Mayweather used to come in there and buy all the bottles out. Yeah. And hand bottles out to people in the club. <laughs> you know, this is before bottle service in yeah. Vegas. Um you know, that, Blue Note. There's so many clubs that I've DJed at. Every single club on Flamingo, from Bank to the Bellagio, SRO, which is yeah. Suge Knight's old spot. It used to be um, 669 for a little bit, 662, too. actually. 662. Yep, 662. Um, and all these clubs you did, you went into those clubs knowing you were just going to play hip-hop and R&B. Yeah, like the, the Like the promoter, the owners, they knew what they was getting when they hired Franny. Most definitely. And did you ever come across and be like, look... Did anyone while you're doing your set, did they ever say, "Hey, throw a little EDM in there"? No. Okay. Never, because they come on. They already knew what they were getting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know? like, how did the Dre's thing come about? Because you're doing all these clubs now. You're now a resident at Dre's. Like, you're there every weekend. Yeah, going on eight years now. And like one of the few, if not the only, all hip hop clubs on the strip. The only, the only hip hop yeah. club on the strip, playing it all night. Actually, it's the number one hip hop club in the world. Yeah. 
um, that came about. I had the opportunity. Um, well, where were you at before Dre's? Right before that, Dre's popped. Okay, so right before Dre's, remember I was banned from the strip. Yeah. So I was doing um, sweet parties in Vegas at the Palms. I had to create my own vibe because yes. they wouldn't let me DJ on the strip. So I had to, you know, create my own parties. Um, well, talk about don't don't just downplay that because the sweet parties is legendary in itself. Most we definitely. got Drake have this in his lyrics talking about the Franny sweet parties. Like elaborate on that because you weren't able to be on the strip. Mm -mm. So you were like, I'm going to go create my own vibe and do like a, a whole Palms party that was a Franny party that was a, a staple in the game. And then you had people like Drake and them kind of like talk about that. Well, everybody, you know, a lot of the locals um, knew about my sweet parties, but not everybody was able to get in. Yeah. It was real exclusive. Real exclusive. I right? remember I going to one and it was real exclusive where the lobby – had everyone that, that couldn't get into the suite. Most definitely. And they had like a party in there and security had problems. And I remember, hey, we're here with Franny. Like it was a select few. Like it was mostly like the family, the family. Yeah. And then you had the women. Mm -hmm. And then you had lots everyone. Lots of women. Yeah. Lots of women. It was, they, they, the out, ratio. The ratio was ridiculous. Always. Cause it was like at least, I'll say seven to three, eight to two ratio with women in there. Always. And that's why the people that was in the lobby wanted to be at the Franny Sweet Party mm -hmm. because it was such, you know, it was a vibe and it was exclusive. It was exclusive. and Invite only almost. And you can hear the music that I played at those sweet parties because, yeah. you know, I DJed my own parties. Yeah. You can hear that type And you of were music. breaking records like you had local artists that were mm -hmm. giving you tracks that you were just breaking on the spot. Yeah. And they were like, I'd rather have my song played at a sweet party than hear it on the radio. Most definitely. Because that's how exclusive it was. Yeah. And, and so that came about for, uh, what year was that? I started those sweet parties like in, golly, I started those way back, but it, it didn't get to the scale it got until I brought it to the Palms. Yeah. And I'd say 07. It's crazy that you say the Palms. Me and Franny went to the Palms reopening. Yes. And there's still, <laughs> there's still staff there that's like, Franny, like, because they knew from the Palms sweet parties. Yeah. We're talking about head of securities. We're talking about sound guys. Everyone yeah. knew as when we went to the grand reopening of the Palms. Everyone kind of just flocked to you and be like, "You gonna bring those sweet parties back to the Palms?" Hey man, <laughs> we just need to find out who's uh, who's running the who's show. Who's in charge right? over there? Yeah, <laughs> because not only was I throwing parties, so like you said, you know, artists like Drake, mm -hmm. Rick Ross, Justin Bieber, um, not just artists. Now you have companies like Crooks and Castles, yeah. and the NBA and during Duce, Magic and all that. Yeah, you know, all these different corporate companies uh, coming to me like, "Yo." And we throw a party with you at, at the Palms? Yeah. And, you and know, I, that's what I don't think people know. Like, when you say names like Drake, Rick Ross, and all these other, you were messing with them when they weren't even nobody. Like, you were, you were actually messing with Drake and Rick Ross before the people, before the world knew about them. And you guys much. already built those relationships. And then when they did, when Drake says, with Franny at the cribbo, everyone was flipping out. Like, what? But that took some, that's a longevity of you guys having that relationship. Most definitely. And a lot of people don't know when he said, when he said that in the song The Motto, which came out in 2011, yeah. he recorded that at my studio. Yeah. You know that. But exactly. A lot of people out there don't. For those who don't know, the motto, um, you know, he, he referenced Mac Dre and all that too, but that came from the influence of you. Well, the thing that Mac Dre referenced came from. Uh, so here's the story on that. Uh, yeah, make take us long, through that day. Make a long story short, a short story long. Um, Dre came to Vegas in 2011 for his birthday. Yeah. We threw him a birthday party at Marquee, I'll never forget. And he was like, yo, I need a studio. Perfect. Yeah. I got the studio, I got an engineer, whatever you need. He's like, I got to record this this hook for Rick Ross. Yeah. 
which is actually uh, the song Dice Pineapples <laughs> with Wale, right? So, Learn your history, people. So he ends up playing these beats for me on his laptop. Yeah. And I heard the motto beat. T-minus produced that beat. Shout out to T-minus from Toronto. I was like, man, that sounds like a West Coast Bay Area Sound beat. like a Bay beat, yeah. Yeah. He's like, you like that? I was like, man, you got to do something to that right now. Yeah. So I shit you not. He plays the beat over and over and over. And he's like, yo, play a couple Mac Dre songs for me. Yeah. So, you know, I play Get Stupid. I play Stupid Doo Doo Dumb. I play Dizzle Dance. And then I play. So you're giving him the reference tracks. Feeling myself. Mm -hmm. So that that line where he says, you know, uh, feeling myself, rest in peace, Mac Dre. I'm going to do it for the Bay. He said that because he heard the song. See? Come on. He heard the song. And after 10, 15 minutes playing that beat, he's like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. He recorded that in one take. One take, Jay. And the rest is history. His birthday party was the next night, and he was like, I'm going to get Lil Wayne on this watch. Yeah. And I remember him playing the uh, the rough version of it, not mastered. With Lil Wayne? No, without, oh, without Lil, Lil, Lil Wayne. Wayne. Yeah. But Lil Wayne was at his birthday party the next night. Um he played that without Lil Wayne, and I was like, man, this is going to work. Yeah. That album came out, and it ended up, that, that song ended up being number one on Billboard. And people don't know, like, being from the Bay Area, like, we knew it because we're, we're like brothers, but people from the Bay was like, dude, Franny's really doing it. I mean, they didn't know the severity of it because, but when you hear Drake, one of the biggest artists in the game, talk about the Bay, talk uh-huh. about Mac Dre, mm-hmm. talk about Franny at the Cribbo, like, that as a Bay Area, you did us proud with that one. Because I remember when you guys came to the Bay Area with Drake, you had like Mr. Fab, all the Bay Area cats over there. I made that happen too. And you guys did the video. Yeah. And you guys did that right by the water by the Bay Bridge. Yep. You guys go check out that the motto video on YouTube or wherever you want to see it at. And you'll trip that. Four, E-40s in that come video. Come on, E-40s in that video. But I got, all the hitters. I got behind the scenes footage on that video too. Um, that's never been really. Actually, no, no, no. Some of that footage is on YouTube. Yeah. If you could find it. Yeah. <laughs> See, and th- that fast forward to like not just Drake, like you, we're talking about you going on flights with Nipsey Hussle mm-hmm. and his grandmother before his passing, you being on flights with Jay Z, like all, all this stuff that people don't see. How did those come about? Because I know everybody was asking, how the hell is Franny with Jay Z right now on a flight headed to his concert? That was actually an accident. Yeah. Because what happened was I flew to the Bay to go see. It was a tour going on called the uh, the Rock the Mic tour. Yeah, it was um, Jay Z, Fifty Cent, um, hitters, bangers, yeah. Beanie Siegel, yeah, uh, Freeway, Memphis Bleak, you know the whole Rockefeller camp. And I went out to the Bay to go meet him, just check out the yeah. show because I, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, and the next show was in Vegas, but see the thing is, so I met them in the Bay. In the Bay, got it. Went backstage. Um, Shoot, uh, you know, we was chopping it up with Jay for a minute, and then when it was time to go, he was like, "Hop in." I didn't know where, to, yeah, where we were going. Hop in like where? Like hop in the, the limo, the sprinter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we got this sprinter with about ten people. You know, um, some of his closest friends. You yeah. know, his security management. This hand selected crew that Jay Z is saying, "Hop in." And I'm tripping. I'm like, man, it's gonna be crazy to get out of here, right? Yeah. Not knowing that this guy has a police escort ready to go, it's my first time being <laughs> part of <laughs> part of something that had a police escort. Yeah. So, and they're escorting to SFO to Got the it. clearport. Yeah, 
This is in 2003? Yeah. 19 years ago. Wow. Oof. So we're pulling up to the Clearport. I'm like, I don't have my keys in my house. I don't have my luggage. <laughs> you don't have nothing. <laughs> what do you have with you at that point? Nothing. I had, <laughs> I had my phone, my wallet, and that was about it. Yeah. I didn't even have my weed on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, yo, I asked Jay, where are you going? He goes, we're going back to Vegas. Oh, so he already knew he was taking you with him. We going to Vegas. And I was like, well, I'm thinking to myself, I don't have the keys to my house. How am I going to get <laughs> That's the all house? that's on your mind right now. I don't <laughs> exactly. have the keys to the house. Yeah. I don't have the keys to the house. And I was like, you got room? Yeah. Is it cool for me to fly with y'all? He was like, of course. Yeah. Yo, we get to the plane. This guy has crustaceans. He has the Dungeness crab, <sighs> the garlic noodles, the shrimp toast, the crab puffs. And on the plane? On the plane. And this is before he got into it with Cristal. The Cristal yeah. champagne, which is totally dry. I do not like Cristal. <laughs> but it was the rap life at that point. You had the Cristal like, popping. And I love flying. I love flying. I yeah. love planes. Well, you're a private You're a private jet connoisseur. You, you love those things. Well, not just a private jet connoisseur. I, I love planes, period. I yeah. fly on a Cessna right now. Yeah. Right now. I don't even know what the hell a Cessna is right now, Franny. So <laughs> you just, I'm like, Southwest, JetBlue? No, none of those? So, But you're on this. What kind, what kind of plane did he have at um, that time? It was a Falcon. It was like a 14-passenger. It was a heavy jet. Yeah. One of them big boys. Oh, nice. Yeah, one of them big boys. So it wasn't in one of them little Richie Valens planes. Nah, it was, nah, a, it was nah, a big not boy. Not my Richie. <laughs> <laughs> not one of those. But um, so we land in Vegas. I'm like, man, where am I going to stay tonight? <laughs> You're just tripping out, first of all. Jay said, I got you. Don't yeah. worry. He got me a room that night. And the next night, um, the next day, Gino flew yeah. with my bags and my... Um, Gino and them at that point were like, where the hell did Franny go? Exactly. I had to tell him. <laughs> I had to call him like, yo, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm on Jay's jet right yeah. now. We're headed back to Vegas. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. At, at that point, you're going to be like, all right, we'll meet you in Vegas. Yeah. Because that's like a once in a lifetime happening right there my first time ever flying pri private too so yeah that was that that's unforgettable right there that's that's man shout out the legend jay-z man whole rockefeller fam that's something i'll never forget come on we, we 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 as like being your friend and bro like that alone was like how the hell did franny get on this jet with jay a lot of people i i asked myself like yeah. how the hell are you on this jet right now with jay -Z? and then you fast forward you go from jay-z uh -huh. then you go to being on a private jet with Nipsey Hussle. So that right there, t thanks to Jay-Z for that as well. Yeah. And his best friend, Emery Jones, because that was a Puma trip. Yeah. Right? Okay. That, that was a Puma trip. Um, I was already in L.A. We were out there for Gino's birthday. Got it. And we go to we go to Universal Studios, you know, during Halloween. Yeah. Every year for Gino's birthday. And I was already out there, and I got the call. And they're like, yo, can you fly back to Vegas with Nip um, and g Easy, by the way? Yeah, shout out g Easy. Uh, you know, for this Puma thing yeah. to do uh, do something for the kids. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, came back to, flew, flew back to Vegas, went to the mall, bought a bunch of Puma shoes. And, and gave them to kids. We went to a, a couple of high schools and we went to Doolittle uh, Community Center. Oh, nice. With the, Nipsey, with g Easy, with yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And gave away shoes, but when we got to do a little, Nip figured out that man, these shoes aren't going to fit these kids. Yeah, because these are like you know size eight, yeah, nine above, and the kids are like has kid size. Yeah, kid yeah. sizes. So Nip and his brother just take out a wad of cash and just start handing out twenty dollar bills to, to the, the kids. kids. Yeah, 
Who was it? With Sam? It was with his brother Sam. Yeah. And Granny. Granny was handing out money too. Yeah. Shout out to Granny. Man, that's crazy, bro. Yeah. How long after that trip did Nipsey pass? It wasn't um, that much longer, right? No more than a year later. Man, so that's that, crazy. That trip was in October, um, and Nip passed away in March. That's of March. crazy, bro. Yeah. That's crazy. See, like, yeah. and we're talking about these things, like, because with Notorious B.I.G., like, all these artists that you, you, you already had these relationships with and these interactions with, like, it brings you full circle today where you're working with artists week in and week out. Like, mm -hmm. we're talking about our Dre's. They got Rick Ross, Ludacris, 50 Cent, all these artists, even new and old, right. that are coming in and out of, out of Dre's nightclub. Right. If you guys don't know, you're under a rock. But you're working with these artists hand in hand every weekend out here. Every weekend. Out of all the artists that you worked with at Dre's, who's one that you probably wouldn't work with again and one that you would say, <laughs> you know what, I would do it again with him? Let's see. Who's been one that you actually caught yourself being a fan of? Like, cause you're behind the you're behind the DJ booth. You're watching these well, performances. Cause I went and I seen Ludacris, and I'm like, Luda got hits. I'm a fan of a lot, you know, a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, the Ludas, the Little Wayne. It's more so uh, the more nostalgic artists when got they it. get up there. You know, people who've been in it for 15, 20 years, yeah. and still doing it. Yeah. Cause that inspires me. I know I've been doing it longer than that. Yeah. But it still inspires me. Like to see a Little Wayne and, come and do a Dre's night. Lil Wayne is one of the best live performers that we have at Dre's. Because, man, down. he goes down his catalog. Yeah. Because I see a lot of the set lists that you post sometime on your Instagram um, that they have hit after hit after hit. Yeah. 50 Cent going up there. Hit after hit after hit. Yeah. Like, these people don't know. Like, when you come to Vegas and you see Dre's, you see the marquee of the Dre, and it has DJ Franzen and all these TIP and all like that. How did it get to that level? Where you, where you, did you ever drive by and was like, I did that? Yeah, you know, the first time I seen, I seen my name up there, I'm like, wow, this is for real. Yeah. This is for real. Now it's like, you know, when I see my name up there, it, it doesn't really, like, hit me as hard, but it makes me realize how blessed I am. Yeah. How fortunate I am because I know there's a ton of other people that would love to see their names up there. On a marquee, on the strip in Las Vegas. Come exactly. On. That's like the goal for many DJs out there right Most now. Most definitely. And I remember when we were talking about the Palms Party when we went last time, they had your name, and it wasn't even a digital screen. Remember we were talking about it was letters they had a prop up on oh the pork board, whatever yeah. it was, yeah. and you had your names up there. Like Coming mm -hmm. from the Bay Area, th that has to come full circle to you to be like, dude, it's crazy because everyone that comes to Vegas always runs synonymous with, oh, friend, we've got to go see Franny. Yeah. Like that, that whole Vegas relationship is crazy to me. Like with the artists that you do that, how do you keep up with today's music? Coming from the 50 cents, the looters, like now you have to deal with the babies, the yeah. little baby, uh -huh. the baby baby, the baby. <laughs> <laughs> baby's baby. Yeah, baby's baby. Like how do you transition? Well, the thing is, you know, I'm still on the radio out here once a week. Yeah. Um, and the thing about, thing about myself and, I could speak for you as well, is we keep up with the times. Yes. You know, that's that's one you thing. You almost you, have to, right? You have to. You have to. You know. Um, you have to know what the from, hottest songs. Coming from our generation, you know, research. Yeah. I mean, of course, you see all these songs that's popping on TikTok, on Instagram. Um, I still look at, you know, billboard charts. Yeah. You know, I ask questions. Oh, we do the research. Yeah. The research is huge. You know, I talk to other DJs and yeah. ask them, yo, what's hot in your region right now? Exactly. You know, see, but you, you you may be a little nicer than I am. I'm at the point where if I don't like it, I'm not gonna play it. Is there songs that you have in your set that be like, why am I playing this shit? Yeah, but I see the crowd react to it. I'm like, if they're enjoying it, does that even out? 
how shitty the song is with the crowd reaction. Yeah, most of. Because to me, like when I do festivals and stuff, I'll be like, I don't want to play this Cardi song. Yeah. But I know if I play this, the reaction of this festival is gonna go nuts. Yeah, because you know you're not up there to please yourself. Yeah. You're there to please the the, the masses. Yes. And and when you see, or when you hear, especially females, yeah. when you hear the ladies screaming those lyrics, exactly. It's like, man, I did my job. And it's crazy because it's like when you're you, performing. Yeah. But when you see the ladies in the crowds, like, and then I've actually noticed it with mine. When I do play a song from our generation, like a, a Looney's I Got Five on it or something like that, you have the younger crowd that has no clue what these songs are like. What's this old music this dude's playing? And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Hold up. Because the, they have not experienced that era that we came up in. And I don't know if it's an old man's era now, but like, how do you transition when you're at a club? To say, I want to play this track that's probably none of these youngsters are going to know, but mix it in well with a younger song. Well, I know there's going to be people out there that's going to react to these songs. Yeah. Like, for instance, you play Juicy by Biggie yep. or uh, Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. You know there's people, there, there's, you know, there's those OGs on the dance floor that's going to know that record. <sighs> so the younger generation is going to probably not know it, yeah. but they're going to see these people partying to them. They're like... What is this? Exactly. And I even, it's got to the point where I've, I've seen, you know, some of the younger generation pull out their phone and start Shazamming. Shazamming, yeah. Because the way I look at it, if they were, if, if, if they were raised right, you know. They were listening to it with their parents and all that part. Exactly. Like that. that part right there. See, that's what I'm talking But see, if you notice today's music too, a lot of them sample the music that we were raised on. Exactly. Like they was oh, like I, my son all the time, like, hey, you got to hear this song. I'm like, oh, that's, a, that's an old sample. Like what? And so, that's that's good that you you tell your son that. That's educating them. Yeah. You know, music is about educating as well. Exactly. Because for instance, um, say I'm playing Lauren Hill X Factor. Yeah. Like, oh, that's Drake's song. Exactly. They stole from Drake's song. <laughs> nice for what? No, it's the other way around. Absolutely. You know, you gotta educate thy youth. Like we always say on Twitch, you gotta you gotta educate them. And that is a good segue because education is key through music. And it pulls us to this thing that I want to talk about now, Twitch. Twitch came about pandemic. You're not working at Dre's no more. You're not doing the live shows anymore. I'm not doing festivals. I'm not doing concerts. Mm-hmm. We're looking for an outlet where to play our music. Yeah. And so, so it kind of started off where we was on Facebook Live and, or Instagram Live. In, yeah, Instagram Live. And tell us how your transition came from that to Twitch. And we'll give them more information about the Twitch stuff. Well, streaming music... You know, it wasn't new to me. Yeah. I was doing it back in 08, 09 on Ustream. Ustream. Yeah, on Ustream. <laughs> back when Pandora was hot, Yeah, I had I had uh, a program on Ustream when I used to stream music called Frandora. Yeah. Another one of my AKs. And if, they, if they've watched your Twitch channel, the Franny Cam and the Frandora and the Ustream that you show, yeah. we're talking about you in the studio with Snoop in New York with Champelli and everybody. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about studio sessions that, you know, it wasn't really, that was the content. Yeah. We didn't know how gold content was at that time. No. And you show it nowadays, like, damn, that was a time and that was an era. And there's still a lot of content that I have that I haven't got to yet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because Crazy. that library is ready to come out. Oh, it's going to come out one day. Exactly. And that transitions to, to Twitch. So yeah. now you find us on Twitch where Twitch is a video game platform that everyone uses to play video games. Yeah, shout out to all the gamers out there. But how do you come about being able to do your DJ sets on Twitch. I remember um, seeing a couple of DJs on there. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, Shortcut was the first one I seen on Shortcut there. Shortcut was the first. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely one of the first people I've Shout I've out seen DJ Shortcut, too. 
representing the Bay Area, yeah. Frisco, of course. And I was like, hmm, you know, that light bulb yeah. came about. And I was like, I could do this too. Absolutely. So I told everybody on Instagram Live, you know, people who were supporting me on my streams when I was playing music during the pandemic. And we kept getting kicked off. Oh, every 15, 20 minutes, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, copyright rules. I get it. Yeah, I get it. But I'm just trying to play music. Yeah, we're just trying to. You well, know. see, that's what I didn't get real quick. When D-Nice was doing the quarantine stuff, this is what I didn't get. He would have a DJ set with every song, copywritten, whatever. You, me and, and myself and the other DJ, we do it for 20 minutes. We're kicked off. Yeah. So I went to like some people that I knew that worked for Facebook and Instagram. I was like, hey, look, is this like a favoritism thing? Why does D-Nice get to have these long two, three-hour sets of quarantine after dark, and we don't. And I never got a full explanation of it, mm -hmm. and they were just saying, oh, well, yeah, he's D-Nice. And I didn't, I didn't really agree with that. I was like, nah, fuck all that. <laughs> <laughs> fuck all that, because we still enjoyed the music just as much as... Shout out D-Nice, though, for what he did. He definitely inspired. He inspired a, a wave of DJs, yeah. you know, to, to, to hop on Twitch or Instagram Live yeah. and start streaming music. Yeah. But so the Twitch thing, him. come yeah. on. The Twitch thing, if you guys don't know, is a whole community. We have a Crazy. thing we got on there is the Big Body Framley. Yes. And it's like, it's a community. Like, because people don't know, like, people don't like to go to new things. You know what I mean? When we're on Instagram Live and Facebook, like, oh, come catch us on Twitch. Like, ah, I don't want to go to a whole other yeah, platform. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to download another app. And yeah. Make a screen name and do this and do that. Yeah. Because if you look I, over I the it. turnover ratio of, People that followed us on Instagram and Facebook to over to Twitch, it's a small percentage. Yeah. We're talking about maybe eight, ten percent of what our following is mm -hmm. that made that switch over to Twitch. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that found us on Twitch. Absolutely. That didn't even know worldwide. Us, that didn't even know us from yeah. Instagram. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was a gift and a curse at the yeah. same time. Tell us how the family came about. The family, I've been using that that term the family since the Ustream days, yeah. since the Frandora days. And it was just, you know, it just it just stayed with me. I'm like, this is what I'm going to call yeah. it. I'm going to call it the family. The family. You know, friends that turn into family. And if you guys don't know what Twitch is, it's a video game platform that DJs go on there. We play our music. They're live sets. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we can't have where you guys can go back and watch it now because of the copyright stuff. But you're live with people from New Zealand, Australia, everywhere, Manchester, UK. Japan, and it's a trip. Amsterdam, Spain, Spokane. Like Hawaii, yeah, everywhere, and, and you, you build relationships with these people. You do, yeah, you really do. And and then you know they give subs, they give bits, they keep it going for real. Like the our viewers, our supporters, yeah. they keep it going. They 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 and keep tell the them lights about on. that, Franny, because I don't think a lot of DJs kind of steered away from Twitch. Like oh, I don't want to do that, but if they really did it the right way, that was actually them being in a club or doing a show and still getting the revenue that they were missing out on. Most definitely. Because I don't think a lot of people don't know is that Twitch actually paid you to stream mm -hmm. for the bits that you were getting, for the subscriptions that you were getting through. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people say, oh, you get you get paid. Like, I got frowned upon from a lot of people that I knew. Yeah. Oh, you get paid from Twitch? Like, bro, this is a business. Yeah. At this point, it's a business because you got all these DJs that say, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I'll do it on Instagram. And I was like, dude, you're giving it away for free. That Instagram's not going to give you nothing. And that's the thing. Like, when I was on Instagram Live, people were like, yo, what's your cash app? I want to send you some, you know, yes. playing music for us. I was like, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Then with Twitch, like, it was already there. Because it's built in. <laughs> yeah. Like, Biddies is like a cheer. And then um, subscription is like, they have to subscribe to your channel uh -huh. to get, like, these exclusive emotes that we, we spend time on. Yeah. Like, we, we, we do the Biggie Smalls emotes. We do the Drake emotes. But everything that's relevant to our channel, 
that people don't have accessibility to, that if you subscribe to our channels, mm -hmm. that was what you were paying the $4.99 for. Most definitely. And like Twitch nowadays, like with the pandemic that went on, how important was Twitch in your career up to this point? It gave me, it definitely gave me more confidence. Yeah. Let me know that, man, I probably don't even have to do a club anymore. Man. Probably don't even have to DJ events anymore. Yeah. I could really do this from the comfort of my own home. You and we were I mean? literally doing it from the house. Yes. You st we still are. What are you yeah. talking about? Still to this day, because yes. I, I went, during the pandemic, we were at, I say, YouTube University. Mm -hmm. A lot of research to say, okay, how do we make our Twitch streams better? Most definitely. Then we got into the green screens. Then we got into, like, people that don't know, like, the production value is definitely, like, if I got somebody that's going to subscribe for $4.99, I want to put the sh put a show on for them. Most definitely. So that's why when I go to yours, like, you were on the front page of Twitch when you first was getting, I'm mm -hmm. talking about you had thousands of people in the room at once. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that went back to everyone was saying, Franny was the king of Twitch at that point. Because how many days did you do it in a row? I did it for 500 nights in a row. Come on, man. I streamed for 500 and nights in a row. You think I'm lying? 500 nights in a row. Not 365, because we had a milestone for each thing. We had like, what was it, 300th episode? We had, no, we had the 100 nights in a row. Mm -hmm. I remember doing, I remember saying, I'm going to go 100 nights in a row. And somebody in the chat room saying, oh, you think you can do that? You smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> They're not on my channel anymore. They yeah. don't, they don't, they're probably, they probably lurk. And then we did 200 nights in mm -hmm. a row. We did 300 nights in a row. So as this is going on, 200, 300, things are starting to open up. You're yeah. slowly starting to get it. So that's why we started doing the family stuff where the 300 night episode, you had Franny and the Fantastics where it was you, me, myself, KT. Mm -hmm. We were in like a room and we did like a whole production value. It was karaoke night. It was karaoke. That we did. Yeah, yeah. We, we even had a Slim from 112. On night 300, you got to you understand, we got Slim from 112. We, we had, had Lloyd. Lloyd. Mm -hmm. We had Too Short. Um, Come on, this is unheard. This is at a house. And then, of course, we had, you know, we had video shout outs from like Little John. Yeah, Little John. Fabulous. But Little John was also on Twitch. Like, he yes. started to do DJ sets. Yes. A lot of them started to get hip to the game. Like, oh, I could, I could do this too. Most they were wondering what to do with their following. And I think that Twitch kind of gave it to us where we were like, damn, we could actually perform for our, our following, our mm -hmm. friends and family. Because for, for, for me, it was for the friends and family at first. Most definitely. And then you had the following saying, oh, shit, I got people from New Zealand, Samoa, mm -hmm. from Australia. And then you started thinking to yourself, okay, I got to start thinking of the, the time change, the time difference. And here's the thing, too. You know, you curate your own show. You pick your own music. That was the beauty of it. And there's people out there that actually really fuck with your playlist. Yeah. That whether you play Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers. And that's the joy because you could play anything you wanted to. Or Still a Stevie to this day. Wonder record, you know, or Guns N' Roses to an old Jay-Z record. It yeah. doesn't matter. People love music. And this us being music lovers as well. We were, we kind of segmented it and formatted it where this day we're doing this. Like Tuesday I do Love Jones. You do, uh -huh. you have your Monday through Friday shows that you kind of, everyone kind of knows. Right. Where we're like entrepreneurs at this point because we're saying, okay, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm doing this. Yeah. You were actually taking people to the club when you went back to Dre's. Yes. You'd have the camera set up, and you had everybody that was following you on Twitch at the club with you. And that was crazy, and that blew my mind. Till this day. Yeah. Most definitely. And this Sunday, actually, May 8th, um, I'll be celebrating two years. Two years so on Twitch. So you definitely got to be there, yeah. Yeah. Two See, years on Twitch. And we got the house party, too, this exactly. Sunday. See, the house party. See, and you brought those elements mm -hmm. to Dre's mm -hmm. and was like, look, we do this house party thing, and... It's just crazy how it goes full circle because shout out all the Twitch followers that follow us to this day. 
because it gives us that avenue. Like this doing the Western Conference podcast is just another realm of it. But the Twitch thing, I don't think because people kind of, like when it opened up, people kind of left it. DJs were like, "Oh no, we can go back outside." Yeah. Me, you, and a few other DJs kind of say, "Nah, we kind of still want to keep this Twitch." Most community. definitely. Most de- like one thing I've always said, I will never ever ditch the community I created. Yeah. Because you don't want to leave them hanging. Exactly. Come on. You don't want to leave them hanging, man. These They've been subscribing support, you. Yeah, they support They've you. They've been supporting you for you know for all these months. Why would I want to leave them hanging? Come on, man. It's our that's our that's our big body family right there. Yeah. And we always say vibe creators because we can actually create a vibe yeah. anytime. And when we talk about pop ups, we're talking about if we're bored right now, like after this show, we went home. It's like oh, I'm just gonna get on. To have the freedom to just say I'm gonna go on and play. If it's somebody's birthday, Stevie Wonder's birthday, mm-hmm. you go do a whole Stevie Wonder set, and it's crazy. I, we've done it. Yeah, we've, we've both done it. You know. Oh, it's um, it's uh, Prince's birthday or yeah. Michael Jackson's birthday. Let's do it. You know exactly. What I mean? The Why beauty not? of Twitch, man. Shout or out everybody on or Twitch. Or four one five day. Let's play a bunch of Bay Area music. And that's the thing too, because four one five day, us being from the Bay Area, a lot of people that I used to play music from the Bay, people from all over the world, they didn't know. They was like, "What songs are those?" You know what I mean? <laughs> so you could have. Something that you played that was old that's actually new to people that never heard Bay Area rap. Most definitely. San Francisco rap. You mm-hmm. know, that we were playing 415. We're talking about Richie Rich 415. We're yes. talking about all those records. And people are like, dude, I've never heard this song, but this is the slap. Right. And to us, those songs are 20, almost 30 years old. Most definitely. Oh, man. The beauty of like Twitch. I said, like I said, educating people with music, man, it, 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 it's relevant. And I got to throw these, since we talked about Twitch, uh-huh. I got to throw these other questions at you. What's your favorite goal you've achieved so far? And that you're working towards now? I think just being able to play music for people. Yeah. You know, this is what I was born to do. And after doing it all these years, you got to understand, when I was coming up in the Bay Area, my dream was always to be a a mixed show DJ. And it happened when I was 15. Man. You know, I got my first club gig when I was 16, playing for 18 and 21-year-olds. Yeah. You know, and to still be here after all these years... Knowing that there's other people out there that want to take my place is beyond a blessing. You being from San Francisco, like what does San Francisco mean to you and what does Vegas mean to you now? Man, Frisco, that's the city I was, you know, raised. That's where I got my game. Yeah. That's where I went to school. Um, that's where my career started. Um, my heart will always be in San Francisco. Absolutely. But Vegas has treated me so right. Like this I'm going on my twenty first year in Vegas. Yeah. And and you said it before. To You're gonna be, be buried there. in Vegas. I'll, most definitely, most, de- <laughs> most definitely, my ashes will be right here in Vegas. Because I want to say you brought a lot of the Bay Area culture. You firsthandly mm-hmm. brought that over to Vegas, where when people came around any club, you heard a Too Short record or an E40 record. They was like, "Oh, Franny brought that to, to Vegas." Oh yeah, they was calling it Vegas for a minute. Yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> especially Ve- especially at the height of um, the, the hyphy whole hyphy, yeah. yeah, the whole hyphy movement. Like, you know, I would have a Sunday nights at, at OPM at mm-hmm. Caesars, um, at Poetry Nightclub, you know, be a Bay Area night. Yeah. And so many people would fly out here on Sunday night. Just for that. Just for I flew that. out here a few times for that party. Most definitely. But you, you, it's crazy how we, we keep the Bay culture that we keep to our element, but how much love they get from East Coast, around the world, Midwest, down South. Yeah. They still, every one of them genres have love for the Bay Area. Most definitely. And I think they always hold you synonymous with the Bay Area because, oh, yeah, I heard that from Franny in Vegas. And that's crazy because I don't think people know that you are a pioneer to bringing the Bay to Las Vegas. You still do it to this day. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how does that pressure 
for you, if it's even called pressure. So when you do a club and be like, everyone's talking about play a Bay record or you already have that in your, in your mindset to do it, right? I have that in my mindset. I always got to make sure I play a couple of Bay Area yeah. records because I know there's going to be – it's a hop, skip, and a jump from from the Bay to Vegas. <laughs> so I know there's going to be a couple of people in the crowd that's going to be dancing crazy to this Bay Area music I play. Speaking of Vegas, Vegas do's and don'ts. Vegas do's and Come don'ts. Come on. I know you got a list. I know you have a list. Because when you do Dre's, I hear you shout out Memphis, shout out Chicago. But what is a Franny do and don't? Do check out. Do check out and do remember we have a bunch of amazing restaurants in Vegas. Man, <laughs> I done gained fifty pounds since I moved here, <laughs> just from eating out with you. But man, definitely the food is here. Man, um, the don'ts in Vegas. Don't ever think, don't ever ever think that you could get over on a casino <laughs> out here, because the house, the house will always <laughs> take your money. The house always wins. All right. Tell me, they don't Why do you about think that? they keep building these casinos? <laughs> exactly. Don't ever think, oh, man, I'm going to go out there and take, take that money. Oh, see, go the house there. will always win. Vegas will always win. Come out here with the mindset that you're going to have fun. Yeah. And that's it. And, and bring the money that you, you're planning on losing to. Exactly. Don't say, okay, I got to get this 800 but I got to win it back when I leave. Don't chase your money. Don't Come on, people. These are, these are nuggets of gold that you guys are receiving right now. Ladies, don't take your shoes off on a strip or in oh, the, ni- man, or in the nightclub. Swine feet. Or coming out the bathroom. Shout out Gino with the swine feet cam. Yeah. Out of Dre's all the time. Been I, doing that. Been lady, doing that for a long time. Explain this to me. I get that the heels hurt. Mm-hmm. But what makes you think taking those heels off and walking on pavement, which has feces, piss, and a number Thro- of other things. Throw up. And you have an open cut on your foot? <laughs> oh, God, let me stop. And you go home. <laughs> And you don't even wash your feet and hop Come in your on, own man. bed. Come on, man. Come on. Ladies, leave your damn shoes on because swine feet is an epidemic out here, and we're going to catch you on the swine feet camp. Bring some flats to the, you know, bring some flats to the And club. I've seen put them, them do it. Purse. They put yeah. them in their purse or something, them it's little, uh, the, the nail shop flats that they have over there, the yes. ripper slippers. Uh-huh. <laughs> the ripper slippers. <laughs> and don't, here's another don't. Don't spend all your money in the strip club. <sighs> and I've seen it happen. Oh. I've we've, seen it happen. We've all seen it happen. We've actually <laughs> sat there, me and Franny, and looked and be like, oh, man, poor guy. <laughs> it is Slumped it over. Is. But you know what? What changes have you seen over the years, and what changes are you trying to make as a DJ here in Vegas? Like, I know you've seen, you've been through a lot of air. You were talking about hyphy movement. Yeah. The down south had a nice little uh, spin. Like, what changes have you been through and seen, and what changes do you see coming up about? Um, I mean, music is always changing. Forever. And- Mm-hmm. And it's always an evolution with music, right? Yeah. Like, we're always going to hear something new. Um, we're always going to, you know, see new dances, yeah. you know, because of the social media era. Um, I think um, what's happening now is we just got to stick to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? With the time, as, as time goes, we got to stay, we got to stay relevant with the time. Exactly. Got to do it. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. If I'm a new artist and I'm a DJ, and we'll do the DJ part first. What lessons and what advice would you have for a, a young DJ coming up? It's like, man, I want to do what Franny does in Vegas. You can't give up. You got to yeah. stay persistent because not everybody, not everybody's going to get that shot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But say you have an opportunity at a hookah lounge yeah. or you have an opportunity to do a wedding. To build the vibe. Exactly. Do it. Yeah. Because that'll build your following. And that's something like I, I want to piggyback off what Franny was saying. A lot of DJs ask me all the time is like, how do you guys, we do what we want, and as far as 
being respectful to the music, like the R&B. Like there's R&B parties going on in San Jose right now. There's mm-hmm. R&B parties going on everywhere. We love R&B. But you guys go to these little hookah lounges and create that vibe. That hookah lounge is going to transition to a main club. Yeah. And gonna, you're going to have promoters go to those hookah lounges just on an off night mm-hmm. and be like, oh, man, I like the vibe of this kid. And just have them be in those. And those opportunities are real scarce here in Vegas. Real scarce. Also, don't be discouraged. You know, say you go to a hookah lounge and you're only DJing for 10, 20 people. Yeah. Don't let those numbers scare you. Oh, I can't. I can't even tell you how many times people, they, they even with the numbers on Twitch, mm-hmm. like even with Twitch DJs, if you have five, 10, 15 people in there, I always tell them, turn the numbers off because the more you look at the numbers, you have to perform like you were performing in front of 10,000 people, the same you perform for 10 people. Most definitely. And I don't think these kids, oh, I only got 10 people, I'm out of here. I think it's more of an ego thing. Yeah. And, you know, you got to think about it this way. You have 10 people watching you right now. That's that's 10 more than... Yeah. I've seen have. DJs had two people in there. Right. And I'm like, they keep going. And like you said before, they got to keep it going. So we did the DJ thing on artists. What can artists look for and say, look, I want Franny to play my record. What advice would you give to these up-and-coming artists if they would want to get their record played by a DJ in a place like Dre's or something like that? Don't be like everybody else. You know, come up with, <sighs> your, own, Franny. Come, come up with your own formula. Talk about some real shit that's going on. Um, don't talk about stuff you don't have, Yep. you know, and just, just keep it all the way organic because, you know, the realness will always stick out. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Even though there's a lot of bullshit out there that we hear <laughs> and we play, you know, because of its popularity on yeah. social media or on the radio or whatever. I find myself being the old guy when I'm like, man, like my son's playing something. Like, what is that? Right. Like, you know, you trip off like when I was younger, my dad was, when I was playing the hip hop back then, my dad was like, turn that shit off. Yeah. I find myself now when I hear like the mumble rap and my son's bumping it in the car. I'm like, dude, turn that shit off. And right. I'm like, oh shit, am I that? Am I the OG right now? <laughs> and then I'll throw on some like DeBarge or something. And then my kids will be like, I oh, don't want to hear this old ass your songs, Dad. But now I find myself the older I get, we still love the music. But I, me personally, I just can't get into some of the things that my kids listen to nowadays. It, it happens. It's yeah. like it's evolution, like you said. You yeah. know, when when you were listening to that when you were younger. Your dad was like, what are you listening yeah. to? <laughs> and then he'd throw on the is. old school. He would throw on the old school. And I, you know what? I thank my parents for that because us being raised on the old school, I think when we play it in our Twitch shows, mm-hmm. it shows to the people, like, oh, what you know about that, youngster? You know yeah. what I mean? And those songs are all forever timeless. But Earth, Wind, and Fire, Isley Brothers. All that, man. I, 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 love, I love the 70s and 80s era. Yeah. Even though we grew up in that 90s, early 2000s era. But we was raised in that era, yeah. the 70s and the 80s music that I was being it. played. The Gap Band, you know what I mean? Teddy Pendergrass, like, all that all that music is timeless. The Shaw Days, like. If someone came to Franny and was like, Franny, you can have any artists at Dre's or any show that you want to do, living or alive, who's your top three? Top three? That <laughs> They said, Franny, you can bring anybody back from the dead or, or alive now, and they can be do a show with you. Live. Oh my goodness. Wow, that's a tough one. That Dre's. <laughs> you have the platform, you have Dre's. I said, Franny, any three artists you want right now, let us know. We'll get them, dead my, or alive. My favorite rapper of all time, Biggie, most definitely. Yeah. Um, I would have to say Michael Jackson. <laughs> Come on, man. And I would have to say Stevie Wonder. <sighs> I thought you were going to say Prince. And- <laughs> But Stevie Wonder is like still a legend in the game today. Nobody like you. You can't even think of somebody to go against Stevie Wonder in the verses. Uh, verses them out there can't. Versus Stevie. Last no. but not least, what's next for Franzen? 
just keep it going. Yeah. We're going to keep it going. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing this until I, until I expire. Come on, man. You know, this music is in my blood. So, um, just to keep it going, just to inspire the next generation coming up, you know, and, and give hope to that next generation who feel like, oh man, I can't do this. You know, I can't get it going because, you know, I do have DJs that hit me and, and DM me and like, yo, can you help me out on my Twitch? <laughs> um, you know, I only have five, ten viewers. Yeah. And, you know, just to give them the, the words of encouragement. Yeah, give them some of the game to be like, look, this is what to. I do. You have to. And then, Absolutely. And then next thing you know, you rate them with, you know, yeah. a couple of hundred people. And, and they're like, oh, sh-. They're, they're, they're then calm. they lose it. Then they, then they panic. Then they don't know what to do. You see a lot of, <laughs> shout out Franny for the raid. <laughs> right. And then their confidence level, you know, goes up a little too. So, yeah. you know, just to inspire that next generation yeah. and just to just to educate, you know, the younger generation Absolutely. as well with the music. Yeah. I think that's so important because we came up in an era where, like we were talking about the seventies and eighties, you didn't have to worry about curse words. Yeah, you know what I mean. You could really play the type of music that we love for the grandparents and for the grandkids. For everybody. For everybody. Now, like if I'm doing like a family party or something, and there's like a song with curse words, I cringe. Yeah, like, oh, I probably shouldn't have played that, or I don't want the OGs to be like, "Hey, what's that? What's that cursing that's going on in there?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for those who don't know, before we wrap it up right here, where can they find you on your Twitch and all your social media? Twitch is easy. It's DJ Franzen, F-R-A-N-Z-E-N, twitch.tv slash DJ Franzen. Instagram is Frandelay Bay. Yeah. Real simple. Uh, Twitter is DJ underscore Franzen. Or you could just go on Google and go on Google and... Uh, Don't go, hit him with the Google me. Google DJ Franzen. <laughs> <laughs> Google DJ Franzen. Look, before we get up out of here, I have a, a gift that I wanted to give you. These are 415 records that I got from 415 Day. Wow. It's Andre Nicotina, Smoke Dope and Rap, and Ayo for Yayo. No way. You see on the back, it has SFC. <laughs> so these are actual records that Empire gave out for 415 Day. That one's uh, Andre Nicotina. This is RBL Posse, Don't Give Me No Bammer Weed, and Bluebird. Wow. On a 45. And the last one was the Zaytoven and 415 when they did with Empire. Shout out, Gazi. Shout out to Empire, folks. But that was a little gift that I wanted to give it to you live on I appreciate that, man. my brother. Thank you, Oos. See, that's what I'm talking about. Shout out to my brother, DJ Franzen. You can wow. always find us on Twitch. See, I knew that gift was going to get him. But you know what? That was episode number three. I'm glad to get my brother up in here. Shout out everybody. Sticky Paws, the whole Big Body family. We'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.